Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very first podcast for the Bear Bard Tales. I, of course, am the one and only Bear Bard. Here, we are bringing you the stories you love from the Bear Bard Tales YouTube channel, removing the commentary, and putting them in a nice podcast format for you to take with you. Since my first few videos, I've come a long way in terms of audio quality, but I wanted to include everything, so in this first episode, you're going to hear some differences in sound quality between stories, but it's all part of the journey. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe and add us to your library. So sit back, relax, and let's listen to some of the best cringe on the internet with r slash RPG horror stories. Our first story today, DM plays a villain little too well and ends up causing party to disband. So I started playing in my first D&D campaign about a year ago. It was my first campaign and I was going to be in my friend's new homebrew he had been making. I was very new but I was eager to learn and have some fun with my friends and hopefully make some new ones. And uh, that didn't go so well. There were five players in total when the campaign started. I was an Asimar paladin who had been ridiculed by his peers all his life and cast out of his church for not living up to their high standards. And for the rest of the cast, we have my friend, who's DM, a Warforged Druid, a Horny Tabaxi Bard, who was the problem player number one, and two Tieflings. The second problem player being one of them, they were also Horny Bard. Funny coincidence. And lastly, my other good friend who was a Warlock. When we first started, things were great for the most part. We are having a lot of fun, friends were being made as I had hoped, and after a while, I even got into a short-lived relationship with the girl who played the Debaxi Bard. That was mistake number one. You see, she has a problem with how everyone else is playing their characters most of the time. She, for some reason, has it in her head that you must follow your alignment or you're playing your character wrong. And whenever one person would have the spotlight for too long, to the phone she goes. Now the second problem player, her friend, was 18 or 19 at the time, but unfortunately has the maturity level of a 14-year-old at best still, and starting out, he hardly said much of anything for the first few sessions, but that was about to change real fast. After the party realizes that my character has been expelled from his church and was ridiculed his whole life for not living up to the high standards that an Asimar Paladin would have, Problem Player 2 decides to tease and berate my character every chance he gets. Every. Single. Day. Now, I designed my player a lot like how I was back when I was still being bullied and beaten at school. I wanted to play a character who wanted to be accepted by his peers, only to learn that he didn't have to prove anything to them. Basically my real life character arc, only much more dramatic. Problem player 2, however, perhaps knowingly, takes it upon himself to be a thorn in my side at every given opportunity. Which is fine for the most part, fine but annoying. I'm a grown adult now, and I don't mind it, but my character... Nah, -uh. There was a lot of friction in the party because of that. The player who played the druid, however, who was the heart of the party, he kept us together. But real life cut up to him, and he now had to drop out. It was around this time I broke up with the girl that was playing the tabaxi bard. Not D&D related, though. We, did, we agreed to leave our feelings out of D&D so we could still play together and everyone have fun. Mistake number two. Now it was just the four of us. By this time in the campaign, we had a Rakshasa who was spying on us, trying to either defeat us or split us up. He unfortunately elected to do the latter. My character was really tired of getting his butt kicked and wanted to become more powerful to give it to the demons and prove his peers wrong about him. And so, the sly Rakshasa found a weak point in our party. He showed up to us and offered my character a magical set of armor. 
The armor was very obviously cursed. It was inspired by the Berserker armor. So needless to say, it was a gamble to take it. My character, however, wanted the power-up and was willing to trade with him to get it. All he had to do was agree to not get in the Rakshasa's way. It was a ploy just to get the party fighting amongst themselves. Spoiler alert, he succeeded. My paladin promised he'd take the armor and wouldn't bother him. He said it with his fingers behind his back. DM asked for a deception check, natural 20. However, problem players 1 and 2 had a problem with this. You're supposed to be an Asimar. You can't do anything evil. What are you doing? This is basically what I heard from for the next 20 minutes. Me and my warlock friend argued that you can change alignments and that it's necessary to have character growth. I even told them I was just taking it so I can double cross this guy. They wouldn't have any of it. Finally, arguing for a while, I give up trying to reason with them and just say, I move towards the armor and start putting it on. And wouldn't you know it, they don't do a thing in character to try and stop me. They were so adamant I don't take the armor, they had an OOC discussion about it for 20 minutes, but didn't do a thing in character to stop me. But eventually, I put on the armor and our DM tells me, You feel anger and hatred swirling inside you. You feel like you'll lose control. Roll a wisdom saving throw. I fail. That's mistake number three. First, I charge at the Rakshasa, who disappears before I strike. Disappointed and still feeling the burning hatred from the armor, I turn from the party and start walking back to the house where we were staying at to cool down. And that's when problem player 2 says, F an idiot, of course he was going to disappear. Now, DM had told me that I had to start acting angry when I failed my checks. And boy, I'll admit it was pretty easy to do at that point. My character let everything out. He called him an idiot back, said he was never a friend, that he was just using him as a meat shield. In character, mind you, but it was the truth and he took it personally. He stormed away both IRL and in character. After that, my friend, God's bless her, sided with me and told them that if they wanted to stop me, they could have stopped me when I went to go put the armor on. They could have, you know, played the game. But by that point, the bridge was already burned. All of the other problems we had with each other had boiled over into the actual game. The final straw was when they called our DM and asked if they could run separate sessions for the two of them for a while. He politely declined. So that's how our DM accidentally ended our own campaign, not by some climactic boss fight or TPK. Nope, just by playing a sly villain a little too well. TLDR, don't date the tabaxi girl. Our next story is titled, The D&D Day is so bad it ruined RPGs for an entire year. The absolute worst D&D I ever played was actually hosted by my local game store. Being that they have been in business for years, it would be safe to assume they know how to run an event. That assumption was horrifically incorrect. This game store planned a D&D day, an entire day of playing D&D, culminating in a mega game where every table worked together on one mission. 9am to 9pm. Paid admission and everything. Sounds great, right? It starts going wrong as soon as we arrive. They hand us the schedule. Four games of three hours each. If you're good at math, you'll know that that leaves exactly zero time for food or bathroom breaks. And, and as a side note here from the bear, that's just crazy. There are people who are physically cannot do this. I mean, are you going to tell a diabetic or a kid not to eat for 12 hours? Uh, sorry, back to the story. And the DMs got annoyed anytime someone needed to take care of a basic bodily function. This obviously resulted in every game going way over time and throwing off the entire schedule. These DMs, I don't know where they found them. 
I'm not even joking. At one point, some skeletons appeared, DM rolled dice, and we all died. Just like that. Made up some arbitrary reason to keep playing, but they didn't allow us to take any XP or loot to the next table. So my group were all a level short and under-equipped the rest of the day. It genuinely seemed like the DMs wanted to be the enemy. Oh, and the AC was not working, and it was in the middle of summer and hot and humid as F. 9.30pm rolls around and they're finally starting the last game. The idea was that the tables would work together on the final boss, but we were all tired, hungry, and miserable. Didn't have any fun. So we tell the organizer that, hey, this is running late, we need to go. He loudly declares so that everyone in the room can hear, I guess you can leave, but we'll have to cancel the whole thing. If you leave, nobody else can play and shamed us into staying. Our party inevitably dies to the BBEG. Finally, around 12 a.m., all the other tables finish too. The organizer announces that all the tables won except for table two, our table. He repeats several times that we were the only table to fail. Again, we were down a level and under-equipped thanks to our first DM. And because of that, according to the rules of the event, Everybody lost thanks to Table 2 losing. You should have seen the dirty looks everyone was giving us for ruining the entire event. We finally got to leave and I didn't touch a single RPG for another year. It was that miserable. Our next story is titled, When Are You Sure Makes No Sense. And here we go. Reading a few of the recent posts reminded me of the worst reason for a Are You Sure I've ever seen. For the record, I'm still in this campaign and the GM has been great. But even the best GMs have their bad moments, and this was theirs. The party consists of a bunch of baby first-level characters. Opening plot is to go rescue a few NPCs that were kidnapped by goblins. Fairly standard stuff. We head out, and after a day of wandering around, we finally find the goblin village. Since we're already low on resources, random encounters combined with low-level characters, we decided to camp and hit it first thing in the morning. Important to note, the Goblin Village was only about two hours away from town. It just took us a while to find. Raid on the Goblin Village goes poorly. We eventually succeed, but due to bad rolls for us and great rolls for the GM, it's pretty damn close. People go down to 0 HP or less five times during the fight. Every single spell slot and or resource has been spent, and most people are still hurt to various degrees. Still, victory tastes sweet. Goblins have been slain, NPCs have been rescued, plot hook, and accompanying treasure has been found. The party decided to escort the rescued NPCs back to town, rest up for a day, then check out the plot hook the day after. At this point, the GM pipes up. I don't want you to go back to town. Party. Um, why not? It would bog down the story. But we've got NPCs to escort, and we're all out of resources. We're risking a TPK if we encounter so much as a feral kitten before we've had a chance to rest. You could always rest here. Why? What in-character reason would we have to do that? Town's not far. Well, I guess you don't have an in-character reason. So if you want to go back to town, I won't stop you. But are you sure? As you just pointed out, you're low on resources, and there will be random encounters along the way. So you're saying that retracing our steps back to town will have random encounters, which could easily result in a TPK. But spending 24 hours in a decimated goblin village will be perfectly safe. GM shrugs his shoulders. I guess we're staying here then. Um, what about the rescued NPCs? Oh, they can make it back on their own. Party, death glares. Cue the party scrambling desperately for in-character reasons to stay put and tell the NPCs they're on their own before saying F it 
and asking the GM to fast forward a day, which they did. Why they couldn't have done something similar with us going back to town is beyond me. You head back to town, the NPCs are reunited with their families, it's now the next day, what do you do? Would have been much less time than arguing about it. To this day, I still have no idea why the GM was so determined to railroad us and staying put. Our next story is titled, If you hate rogues, just tell me. This happened almost 10 years ago, but I'm still salty about it. So, here it goes. I was joining a Pathfinder group that played two different campaigns, two different GMs, same group of friends, on alternating Sundays. I was only in the area for a limited time, playing with some of the players, and was explicitly invited into both games. New to Pathfinder, not new to role-playing, and familiar with Neverwinter Nights, which uses a similar rule system. I got told what level the PCs in both games were respectively, and any other restrictions, and went to create my characters. Two rogues, because I like sneaky characters. No PvP for me, though. Game 1, where the rogue hater was the GM. Every single devil we encountered was immune to sneak attacks. Being new to the system, I was frustrated, because that made me kind of semi-worthless in fights, as we almost only fought devils, but thought that it was just bad luck and that it was an inherent trait of the devil class. Game 2, where Rogue Hater was a wizard player. I asked him before a big bad fight whether he could cast greater invisibility on me to enable sneak attacks every round. I don't remember whether I was aiming for ranged sneak attacks or whether positioning had just been really difficult to pull off previously, and he verbatim told me with a scoff, why would I waste a spell on you if I could buff the druid or fighter, both of which were able to pull off some serious damage and havoc even without the buffs. It was some time later when I was playing with a different group and also had started to GM Pathfinder myself that I found that none of the devils were immune to sneak attacks by rule and that this GM slash player must really hate rogues. And I'm wondering why the heck he didn't just ask me not to play rogue instead of being a total D about it towards a new player and literally making the game frustrating and less fun for me on purpose. Our last story today. Party's belligerence, indecisiveness, and whining leads to the destruction of an entire country. Thousands of people are dead, and they believe they are still heroes. Oh my God. And this was only my second campaign. I will start off at session zero as context for this whole campaign. I decided to DM having my girlfriend, best friend, and three other people to join the campaign. The premise was that the Countess of the Land became a vampire, and due to her being scorned by the Lords of the Land, was hellbent on turning the entire country as undead slaves. So, side note, the OP in here wrote county, and I don't know if it's country or county and just a mistype. I'm going to go ahead and say country. I apologize, OP, if it's supposed to be a county. Since all the party members lived slash moved in this land, this meant that if they were unsuccessful, they too would be turned into zombies as well as their loved ones. This is what happened in session zero. I asked everyone if they wanted a campaign that was plot focused and lore heavy. They agreed to this. I asked everyone that there would be no murder hoboing so as not to distract the party from its campaign. They agreed to this. I told everyone that they wouldn't be given the keys to the kingdom, and in order to defeat the vampire, I would have the NPCs generally tell them where they need to go, but they would need to ask more information if they wanted to find out the best possible way to defeat the vampires. They agreed. Lastly, not all the NPCs, that wasn't the vampire, are good guys, and some may be working with the vampire due to their own motives. They loved the idea and agreed to it. 
There was also the typical Session Zero stuff, such as who the characters were, their backstory. This ended up being the final straw, and you will find out later. The relationships with the players. In case something went wrong, I told everyone that the campaign would have a deadline of six months, and we would check in to see if we wanted to continue the campaign. Our first session, the party was informed Lord A on the edge of the map that he enlisted their help as mercenaries to defeat the vampire. He told them to go to the main city and to talk to Lord B there on what they needed to do to defeat the vampire. After the party members received this, one character, the rogue, decided to go to the bandit camp to get more information on the vampire. Why the rogue didn't ask Lord A, who was supposedly their mentor, I don't know. After the rogue bullied some random bandit to tell her that the vampire was planning to attack the main city in five days, the rogue character decided not to tell the other party members this information. The other party members asked her about it, but she decided not to tell them. Three sessions go by, and they are still on the starting town. Doing what? Angrily Angrily bartering on gold prices, by a difference of one gold, for dynamite and getting drunk. After I told them, multiple times, that the vendor was done talking to them, to which they kept insisting, I roll persuasion. No DM? He is walking away? I roll intimidation. Then they went to the local wizard and started bullying him into giving them stuff. With the exception of my girlfriend and best friend, the whole time they just wanted to get back to the story. So after arguing with the starter town wizard for 15 minutes and not leaving when he asked them multiple times, even after he gave them some supplies, but not all his supplies, he teleported them to a random stop near the main city. By this time, one game in day had passed, four days left. They go to the main city to see that it has fallen to undead hordes, and now the inhabitants have moved to an underwater city, as requested by one of the party members, the human druid. The city was built by a large group of hermits who wanted to be isolated away from the country, and over time evolved into mermaids, also requested by the human druid. After turning into mermaids, they abandoned the underwater city to live in the lake, and now the refugees call it home. I added all this since it was requested by the druid player to have the mermaids and mermaid lore in the game. So after fighting their way through zombies and ghouls, they make it to the underwater city, to which the human druid asks nothing about how it was built by the mermaids and doesn't ask about any lore about the mermaids in general, despite the player specifically asking for it. When any opportunities came up to interact with the mermaids, she declined it. They go to Lord B and talk to him. To which he tells the party to go to a legendary wizard who has a magical scroll to help them defeat the vampire. During the whole conversation, Lord B was acting suspicious. When the party members were talking about how they didn't trust him, I said, Do you wish to ask other people around what they think of their lord? Or, Rogue, do you want to secretly search his room to see if your suspicions are true? They all replied, Nah, it's fine. Where's the blacksmith? I need new weapons and armor. Normally, this kind of stuff is fine with me. However, they specifically asked and agreed to some intrigue in the campaign and ultimately did nothing about it. Even when I reminded them about how there is some intrigue as agreed upon by the party in session zero. So for the next countless number of sessions, which lasted months and three in-game days, everyone was in the underwater city, bartering for weapons and armor. Once again, it was based on a difference of one gold. And they had a lot of gold after looting the ruins of the old city when it was overtaken by zombies. In the game, when the players ask a high priestess for advice on how to defeat the vampire, she would give a lot of information and lore on vampires. But her biggest advice was communicate and take action immediately to defeat her. To which the other players, except girlfriend and best friend, would reply, 
Yeah, we know that. And then go back to bartering for weapons for a difference of one gold when the vendor would ask them politely to leave. The rogue, the druid, and the dwarf would beat up the vendor and took what they pleased. The rogue had built a female Robin Hood character, but insisted on pickpocketing everyone in sight, which led to stupid conflicts and the alienation of the city's population. The Goliath, BFF, of the group would nearly always have to intervene before the rogue got herself killed. Ironically enough, most of the people she stole from were poor peasants, believing that stealing from nobles would be too difficult to do. When I would tell the party members directly what their goal in the campaign was, why we agreed to do the campaign, they would all listen to me, then proceed to talk to another major NPC, and not come to a consensus on the overall plan, which led to the prolonging of their stay in the underwater city, and completely contradicted what the NPC priestess had told them to do, which the party members believed they were already taking action immediately. By this point, I was ready to end the campaign. However, after talking to the party members, once again, about what we agreed on outside of session, and what the goal of the campaign was, I had hoped that they would somehow change. My mistake. I also had hope because when we were in the combat or talking to the high priestess, they were having a lot of fun. But when they went back to bartering, which was 90% of the campaign at this point, it became a slog. And I saw the other party members, namely my girlfriend and best friend, were bored. I didn't want to give up on this campaign because I generally liked most of the people I was playing with. Not only that, but six months was the deadline and I wanted to keep my word. This, however, was a mistake. Remember all that indecisiveness I had in the title? This is where it ultimately leads to the party's downfall. Four in-game days have passed now. Only the rogue knows the attack on the city is imminent and she hasn't told anyone about it. Finally, after five months, and there were some sessions canceled during the time, they finally leave the underwater city to see the legendary wizard. As they make their way up to the wizard, they are ambushed by mercenaries who are hired by a vendor the party beat up previously. During the fight, the druid took forever to decide what actions to do, and this wasn't her first time playing D&D. She would have a whole week to look up the spells and what to do. Then during combat, she would say, uh, I'm not sure what this spell means. And then her turn would take 20 minutes. Not only was the length due to looking up the spells, but after figuring out what the spells did, she would freeze up, unsure of what action to take. When this first happened, the session ended with the party still in combat. I told everyone to make sure what their class can do before the next session and if they had any questions to reach out to me. I also hadn't added a timer for their turn, and I would tell the party members when their turn was next. Next session, the druid player, once again, wasn't sure of what her spells meant and would barely do anything when it was her turn in combat due to indecisiveness before her turn was over. Once combat was over, the party captured one mercenary and interrogated him. When the mercenary said he was hired by a vendor who the party had beaten up, the dwarf, the druid, and the rogue all replied with, What? We're the good guys. We didn't do anything wrong. Insert facepalm by the mercenary. Even my girlfriend and best friend said, Well, we did vandalize and assault the vendor. The other party members still insisted they were the good guys and tried to justify their actions. Finally, they make it to the last known location of the wizard. By this point, almost six IRL months had passed, and we were about to do our check-in to see if we wanted to continue the campaign. As they were trying to solve a riddle that would reveal exactly where the NPC was, a Nelf she attacked them. The combat itself was fun, but GD. The druid player still didn't know what to do, so her turn was passed up multiple times. Then the dwarf player, this dwarf player, she runs up and attacks the Nelfshi. After a few turns pass, the Nelfshi puts her HP down to zero and she has to do a death saving throw. 
The whole time she whines and complains about how she has to do this and then succeeds on her throw. After my girlfriend heals her up, the dwarf player rushes back into combat to attack the Nelfshi. After her attack with the Great Axe, I tell her she is next to the Nelfshi and if there is anything else she wants to do. Her response? I'm by the Nelfshi? I reply, yes, you attacked it with your Great Axe. What else would you like to do or do you want to end your turn? Huh? I attacked the Nelfshi, she said. Yes, after being healed up, you told me you wanted to attack the Nelvshi with your great axe. Um, no, I didn't DM. Everyone else concurred that the dwarf player did in fact say she attacked the Nelvshi with her great axe. The dwarf player begrudgingly ended her turn, only to argue with me on D&D rules of combat afterwards, when it was her following turn. When I would say, I will look this up later to speed things up, in the meantime, I will allow you to do how you interpret the rules, she would shrug and say, eh, I don't really care. Up to you on what you do. If you don't really care about the rules, dwarf player, then why would you argue with me for five minutes on what the rules mean and make it a big deal? After they defeated the Nelfshi and the session ended, I told them six months were up and to go on Discord to vote whether or not to continue the campaign. As this was happening, I got a PM from the dwarf player talking about how she didn't write a backstory, which she did. Before I could reply, she sent me a long a PDF file on her backstory. This backstory was a convoluted, self-inserted, furry, lesbian fanfic of her IRL self. Disclaimer, there's nothing wrong with being a furry or lesbian. But that wasn't how she wrote her original character, or even played the original character in the first place. This backstory made no sense to her character, and was so bad it was good. Like The Room or Hong Kong 97. I'm not kidding you, it made no sense and had so many plot holes and contradictions within the backstory itself. For example, in her new backstory, she talked about how her hill dwarf, previously a mountain dwarf, was a useless member of her society and sucked at everything. Then she was randomly chosen, god knows why, as an experiment to fuse dwarf and wolves together. A wolf is her fursona. Mind you, this is the ultimate goal of her town's local cult, and why they chose her character and not someone who is important is beyond me. To which it doesn't work and she goes back to being bad at everything. She proceeds to expand on how her character tried many different things, like a lot of professions, but ended on blacksmithing. She was always alone by herself in the forge as usual, even though her character was apparently very good at it. Then, out of nowhere, a group of half-wolf dwarves attack her town, creating a civil war right then and there. Just like that. The best line in her backstory to quote was this, and to show how much they, the half-wolf dwarves, disregarded name of dwarf character, they threw her over the gates of the town, sparing her of death. The wolf-dwarf hybrids disregarded her character so much that they saved her life and murdered the rest of the dwarves in her town. What the F? That makes no sense. After reading that and remembering all the players complaining and groaning about the rules and the misogyny of my NPCs, despite talking to other players about whether or not my NPCs were in fact misogynistic, which they said the NPCs were not, I decided I no longer wanted to do the campaign and ended it right there. Unnaturally, some of the party members were sad it was over. Girlfriend, best friend, and I were relieved it was over, but they asked, DM, what happened to the country then? This is what I said. After defeating the Nelfshi, the party talks to the wizard in regards to giving the party the magical scroll. As they talk, 
the wizard senses that they are unworthy of the power of this magical scroll and are not to be trusted. Hearing this, the party becomes belligerent, demanding the scroll, and threatens to attack the great wizard. Before the party can do so, he teleports them to the underwater city, where it is burning as undead hordes kill citizens indiscriminately. The party tries to fight them off, but is unsuccessful. They are eventually captured and brought to Lord B, revealing himself to be the vampire's right-hand man. The vampire does not even bother to talk to them, as she never saw the party as a threat. The party is turned into zombies, the most mindless and low-level enemy one can encounter. As for the rest of the inhabitants of the country, they are all either killed or turned into a zombie to join the vampire's undead soldiers. After giving everyone the conclusion to the story, I somewhat felt bad. My girlfriend's character died a virgin, my best friend's character died with raging anger issues all thanks to the incompetence of the rest of the party members. In later campaigns, not damned by me, a famous quote that spread throughout the empire was born. Don't be a insert dwarf's character name as a cautionary tale to not do what the party members above did. To those who made it this far, if your head hurts as much as mine, I am sorry. I need a place to vent out my frustrations and to vent. This comes as a cautionary tale to all those who play Dungeons & Dragons. If you DM and you are not vibing with your party and you talk to them multiple times, end the campaign right away before causing yourself and others more pain than necessary. If you are a player, do not do what I said above. It will lead to an unnecessary length of time in the campaign and headaches to your DM. As long as you and your DM agree to do all the above, then it's fine. If your DM tells you that your character died and you can't roll a skills check, etc., please listen and respect your DM. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. I hope you enjoyed this new format. If you want to connect with me, you can do so on Discord, Reddit, Twitter, or YouTube. Make sure to let me know what you think of this format and if there's anything else you'd like to hear. I want to thank you again for joining me here on this first episode of the Bear Bard Tales in podcast form. For now, this has been the Bear Bard, and I'll see you next time.